Hey, man. That's uh, not low house, thanks. All good, all good, all good. Yeah. Alright, so that this is us recording. So basically, uh, that's that is anchor. Anchor is really easy, as you know. You just this is it. <laughs> it's just self-explanatory. So perfect. What, yeah, so then, uh, will you just like export this audio and then just cut out this bit we're doing now? Yeah. Literally, I well, because unfortunately, I can't edit. He, my friend's got a laptop, so I export this audio. I send it to him through uh, the zip folder on email. Perfect. He obviously then you know, we go from there, and then he just throws it up. Yeah, so. man. Yeah, man. No rush. So, yeah, um, I will go whenever you're ready, sir. So, I'll probably start off, Curtis, just giving an introduction. And in I want you just to introduce yourself. I want to get you to get your call, get your podcast out, shout it out. Perfect. Um, and then give it a brief discussion. As I say, I've watched the rugby the rugby player episode. Yeah. Um, and I actually enjoyed it. So, I'll Perfect. give us a couple of questions. And then we'll go talk about football. And then we'll rant and rave. And we'll go from there. Perfect. Perfect. All good. Yep. So, that's us. So, Oh, hey, the lads, guys. Welcome back to the Irish Mag podcast. I've got a special guest with me today. His name is Curtis Pay, formerly and more importantly known as a Reality Check podcast on YouTube, guys. Please check it out. It's brilliant. Um, Curtis, how's you? I'm all good, mate. Thank you very much for, for having me on. No, God, it was an absolute honour. As I say, I've watched some of the content and I loved it, bro. And it's, you seem to be doing very well. Like, I've seen your first video, bang, views. I was like, Yo, this guy knows what he's at. Yeah, man, it's good. I mean, I started it. So I started it off last month. Basically, I, I was just a bit bored during lockdown, and I thought, what can I do to kind of pass the time? I'm, I'm on furlough at work, so um, basically, I was watching some podcasts, and I was just thinking that I could, I could do this. Like, I would enjoy to do this kind of stuff. So um, I kind of combined my two main interests, which are junk reality TV, which I love to binge, and sports. So basically, I thought. How can I do this? So basically, I, I've been getting like a collection of guests together, uh, messaging them, messaging their agents on, on on email, Instagram, all that kind of stuff, and it's it's starting to get there now. I've just recorded one with with Nathan Henry from Geordie Shore, actually. So it, good timing for uh, for the Geordie podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was a really good one. That's coming out on Sunday. So so keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on that. As a former Geordie Shore fan, I would definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah, um, it's, a good, it's a good watch. Brilliant. No, as I say, so just as I say, as you let you know, you let the viewers know there. So which it is, as I say, guys, I highly recommend his content. It's brilliant, and he does get quite a high caliber guest on. Um, in regard to what sort of made you go and think, you know what? How can I get these guys on? How can I get big stars of sports? Like as I say, you've got the rugby stars, and then you've got Nathan and Jody Shore. Yeah. What made you think? How can I get these? What? Well, obviously, there's obviously a money aspect involved. Which we're not going to get into, but what made you think? I can get these guys on my podcast and chatting. Well, I just thought at the end of the day, like, yeah, they're they're celebrities and they're sports stars and stuff, but we're all we're all still humans. Like, surely people want to interact with people, want to share their stories and share their careers. And I thought that as long as I'm providing content that interests them and they enjoy filming, um, well, then then why not come on? So obviously, Ollie Ollie Williams was my first guest from Love Island. Um, I went to the same school as him, so we had kind of connections yeah. that way. Um. So I already knew him. We were already mates and stuff. So that was pretty straightforward. But from there, I guess I'm just kind of just it's kind of just like I'm emailing agents. I'm emailing people. And in my my kind of uh, mindset is if they don't reply, they don't reply. I kind of got nothing to lose. That's a fair point. Yeah, as I can say, it's not going to come out publicly that you didn't get. No, that, that exactly. is that's fair. Yeah. No, okay, it, it, it's just brilliant to see what you're doing. Um, in regards, as I say, the sports, because of whether your sports background, do you obviously football being number one sport? What sort of is your fan and stuff? Yeah, so football is football is the main passion in life. Kind of about every, I mean, this time right now that we're in without any football is uh, is a tough one. But I mean, like I said, the Bundesliga is just back. But 
yeah, I'm a massive, massive Chelsea fan. Have been since since the day oh. I was since the day I was born. Um, my old man actually, so he used to work at Stamford Bridge, like selling hot dogs. Um, he used yeah. to live up there, so that's how he started supporting them. And then uh, basically, as soon as I was in, as soon as I was uh, started playing and started watching football, Chelsea were the were the team. That's that. That's amazing. So your old your old man used to sell like this is obviously before Stamford Bridge, before the money. Then yeah, he would have been yeah, yeah back in the day. Whereabouts was he situated, like in regard to stands, and was he like basically a the whole, ticket holder? He was basically the, he was he was employed by the club to literally walk around the stand with a with a box selling hot dogs. Um, and he he would basically get obviously like free tickets to the games because he was working for the club and he was basically just selling these hot dogs. Um, uh, and and yeah, that's how he got into it. That's how he started started loving the club, and then it kind of kind of came to me from there. Brilliant. So, like, um, obviously, then as your dad was obviously working, you obviously had access then to go into the facility, like, into the stadium, and you were lucky enough then that way to get not a free ticket, but a reduced price ticket. Then, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a few, it was a few years ago, to be fair. But um, so that was when I was, I was a lot younger. But now, um, so that was probably it must have been like ninety. So now, uh, he moved down to Cornwall. Um, so we both live in Cornwall now. So it's a bit, bit of a trek away now. But we still go, we still try and go twice a year. Um. Been to been to a few games. I feel like we've been to a few away games as well, and the away games are the best ones. They're the ones that, uh, yeah. atmosphere wise, because the fans that go to away games are like diehard fans, yeah, yeah, like the hardcore, yeah, hardcore, hardcore crew. So like when you uh, when you go amongst those fans, it's it's, it's something else. It's a pretty mental atmosphere. That is, that's I didn't know. That's a fantastic story there. So do you and your father then? What would, what have been the most recent game and probably the what's your youngest? Your your sort of your. Your youngest memory of the club and what's your most recent memory, obviously, then of the club night? Right. So young so the first game I went to watch was actually an away game. It was away it was actually with my stepdad, to be fair. He took me first, which I don't think my dad was very happy about. Um so my No, it didn't go down very well. But my stepdad basically took me for my birthday when I was I think I must have so I'm twenty two now. So it must have been about I must have been about about ten years ago. So it must have been about eleven or twelve. And uh I went to we went to Aston Villa away. That was the first game, and it, it was just mental. I just remember being there, just being in awe, like the size of the stadiums and stuff. Obviously, you watch it on TV, but being there is just is just mental. And most recent, when was the last game we went to? Uh, it was actually another away game. To be fair, it was Southampton away last last season. Yeah, that's the farthest south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, you're so you're 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 based in Ireland, aren't you? Yeah, well, the north of Ireland. Yeah, no, Ireland. funny enough, on the time. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. Obviously, for for us, London is it's about four and a half hours away. So the closest games to us are Birmingham. Yeah. The Midlands are a bit closer, kind of south coast Birmingham, uh, south coast like Southampton and Bournemouth. They're the kind of closest yeah. ones for us to get to. Um. But yeah, I mean, the, the away games are mad. Stamford Bridge is obviously amazing as well. I've uh, been to a few Champions League games under the lights. They're they're pretty special. Uh, I'll definitely get you to talk about that for because I was going to ask you obviously further on in the episode about the famous night in Munich. But yes, so what would have been your most your your favorite Champions League game you've been to, or what ones have you been to? Probably would be a better question. So I've been to the 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 best one I've been to was a quarter final game. Oh, who were we playing? I think we were. Uh, it was actually the year the year we the year we won it. We played Benfica at home. To be fair, we're actually recording this on a very special day. I mean, you're a Newcastle fan. I don't know if you know, but it's actually eight years to the day that Chelsea won the Champions League. I've seen that there because I've seen a picture of earlier on the social media. Mental. Yeah. Now, that day was unbelievable. Like, uh, So it was obviously eight years ago, so I was only like 14. 
but I still remember it. We, me and my dad were watching it in, how, in his house and the penalty shootout was honestly the most nervous I've ever been for anything in my life. I was sat behind the sofa, like peering over the sofa, just watching the penalties. And when Mata, Mata missed the first one, I was like, oh no, we've, we've, we've messed up here. Like we've lost it. And then somehow, it was like throughout the whole campaign. So like obviously, um, Villas Boas was obviously in charge when we started the campaign. And then we got spanked, yeah. spanked away at Napoli. And it was like, well, we're out here then. And then somehow Di Matteo comes back. We turned that one around. And then we had the Benfica game, which was the one I went to, which we won 2-1 at home and won 3-1 in aggregate. And then, the, I mean, the Barcelona games were just, were again, mental. Like, we scraped a 1-0 win at home and then go to the new Camp and Bad. Terry gets sent off. So we were down to 10 men. <laughs> then Iniesta scores. So we're 1-0 down. And then uh, I think Busquets scored. So, it's, so we're 2-0 down. So we're 2-1 down on aggregate with 10 men in the new Camp against potentially one of the best teams of all time. Uh, and then somehow we win. I mean, Ramirez scores the chip and then his back's against the walls. And then everyone remembers Torres' goal when Gary Neville has an orgasm on, on camera. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Another, so is it, I'll bring it sort of back there, as I say. So your father, does your father still work for the club? No, not anymore. No, so obviously living down here, um, it, I think kind of when, when he moved down here to settle down and stuff, it, it's, uh, it's that's when it that's when it stopped. But I mean, he, he's still we're both kind of like diehard fans. Obviously, followed the club for for years now, and like you said, like we mentioned off camera before, um, the the whole Abramovich takeover thing was obviously big. I mean, Chelsea fans get stick because like we were we had no history before Abramovich, blah blah blah, um, which which is fair enough. But then again, same as it's the same as most of the clubs these days that winning trophies, like Man City, for example. But I mean, we were winning trophies before before um, Abramovich came. I mean, we won like the the Cup Winners Cup in ninety seven, ninety eight. We won the FA Cup in ninety seven. So we were winning trophies before he came. It just happened that this Russian billionaire walked in with all this cash and I'm more than happy that he started spending it. Yeah, so that's something I want to ask you about because, as you know, we're, Newcastle, as you know, are currently mm. in a situation of, will we get taken over, will we not? And for me, as a Newcastle fan, every time we seem to get close to yeah. it, there always seems to be a hurdle. I want to know, as a Chelsea fan, when Abramovich came in, did you get, like, did any of these Chelsea fans get backlash in regard to social media? Did you ever sort of experience that where you think the clubs were trying to stop the takeover from you obviously then going on to progressively, I mean, you know, take over? I feel the, like for you boys, it's definitely good. it's definitely worse because social media is a lot bigger now than it was like online stuff wasn't, wasn't even that big back in the day um, when Abramovich came in. But now, like you said, I feel like as well, because Newcastle, like you said, it's happened a few times now where you've had uh, like collapses of takeovers. Like yeah. it's been in the news, it's, it's happening tomorrow and then it doesn't. So, but but now I feel like this one is the most legit one because it's been on the news that the the, the deposit's been paid, the the contracts have been signed. So I'm pre- I mean, as a as a football fan, I'm uh, Newcastle. Don't you're a massive club. Like you've got a class stadium, a class fan base. Like history is mad. Like you're so so for me, um, I'm I'm pretty excited to see Newcastle. Hopefully get this owner, come in, spend some money and become a, a top-class club again because it makes the Premier for, for anyone, like it makes the Premier League more exciting, the fact that there's going to be another team who, if you spend the money properly, you're going to be a, 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 like a competitor. I mean, for, from your point of view, what's it like? Um, what's, what's your kind of thought about how you p- could potentially be challenging for, for, for titles and, 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 the, and the Premier League? Yeah, like it's, for me, it's... <sighs> I always grew up, the most fond of memory would have been Sir Bobby. So I remember them days and you just think, 
when Ashley bought the club, obviously we were in million, I think it was like 130, 40 million. The club was in debt. So we, again, we owe him that statue. I'll give him always that. But for me, if I go back to the question, um, you always get excited. You always think, wow, is it ever going to happen to my club? And when you see this Ben Salman boy from Saudi Arabia, that's 230 billion, he's yeah. pumping money left, right and centre. You just think, can we be the next city? Can can we? Can we attract big players? Like I, and this for us, I'm obviously a lot of Newcastle fan groups on social media. Yeah. Jimmy Redknapp made a good point, which hurt, I would say, a lot of the guys in the Northeast quite a lot. It's hard for a Newcastle or any club further, in my opinion, than Manchester to attract players because it's cold. And I can agree. Really? So, yeah, so Jamie Redknapp said that, and I think it was on one of the off scripts on Sky yeah. Sports, and it didn't go down well for the fans. And I sort of agree because, as I say, it's for me that we haven't had a big, big name player since Shearer, and what that's yeah, was 2000, and that was nearly yeah, two nineties when Shearer won the League of Blackburn, so it was in 99, yeah. 2000 yeah, when we yeah. got Shearer. And Newcastle haven't, in my opinion, been at that caliber since. Like the most, most exciting player we've had in the last. What twenty years, in my opinion, is probably been Nobby Solano, <laughs> Gary Spiller, yeah, yeah, yeah. back boy. So the club, the last ten years for me, the club is it, it's under Ashley's term for thirteen years. It's just been deteriorating. We've been relegated twice. We've got scraps. We've boycotted the stadium. We've done everything, and as I say, it's getting so 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 close. And every day you're just hoping to wake up and just see it in your phone, see it on any sort of yeah. visual, like anywhere on. That is completed, but I don't know. Honestly, for me, sitting here as a Newcastle fan, I've gotten excited before. Like when Amanda Stavely tried to buy us the first time, I got excited because she did seem interested. She was caught at a couple of the games. She was caught in St James's. Yeah. I got excited. Well, that didn't turn out well. So I do believe this one does have more of a legitimate yeah. chance. But I just feel with Saudi having these going back to their human yeah, rights yeah, thing yeah. and. Uh, in sports trying to stop it for obviously legal streaming issues and there was a widow of a wife that apparently Saudi Arabia were just trying to like cover it up so there's quite a lot of like that's why I asked like did you ever the Chelsea fans did you ever experience anything like like that where there was always the result for me I feel like a lot of sabotage is going into this to stop Newcastle I don't know if it's England or just against people in the northeast against you yeah, like is it, is it, or is it just like did you think did you ever experience? I mean, I was I was very young, so I wouldn't be able to kind of say from my point of view. But I mean, I haven't heard of anything like that. I think it was a bit more straightforward with our takeover. But like you said, um, people seem to be more reluctant to want this takeover to go through. Which, which I like I said before, I'm I'm all for it because I want Newcastle to be big again. So um, it, it would be a very 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 big shame if, if something happened and it didn't go through. But I I honestly think this is the one. Um, I reckon this time I bet you'll be buzzing to get like you said Ashley did clear a lot of your debt but he, at the end of the day he's not good for your club is he? No no like um, you can see as you say you just you can see St James's Park on, on TV mm. it's sports direct everywhere and he had the had the balls in my opinion just obviously then changed the St James's Park which is we've been known for yeah. years and years and since a former club we've always played as in James's and in 2013 money changed the club's name to the sports director you know it was yeah I honestly thought if he ever came to Newcastle I don't think he would ever go out of life at that no, stage I think the thing is he's, he's, um, he's a businessman isn't he so he, he's all about making money and he's not about the club and I, I'm not saying that these these Saudi owners are gonna like be the most passionate Geordie fans in the world however if if they want to make money and they want the club to do well 
then they're, they're going to pump money into it. And at the end of the day, you can say all you like, but you, you need money to win trophies. So, yeah, oh God, like it, as, as you know yourself, football, every football's just money. And I don't, for me, as I say, I don't ever think. I don't think the Premier League will stop it because they cannot afford, in my opinion, the, with the amount of money these boys are going to bring to the table, they couldn't afford to drop that type of dough. So, um, the it will be it, it's quite a nervous time, but an exciting time to be a Newcastle fan because we've been crying out like as you, in my my opinion, we're a sleeping giant. We just need someone to awaken Definitely. us, and if and if we can get somebody in, because like, I say different chairman, like we had Lee Charnley and. The less said about him, the better. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of puppet, a lot of puppets from Mike Ashley, in my in my opinion. Like, as I say, the only person that did never was never a puppet was Rafa yeah. Benitez, and as you, as you can see, Rafa was three out the door compared to all the yes men like Pardew and Big Sam and everybody else that we've had. So, yeah, it's it's a nervous time and exciting time. But um, for you as a Chelsea fan, do you feel? I've, I've asked this to all my friends who support bigger clubs. Do you feel intimidated by this? Do you feel like, oh my God, we could lose Champions League money out of this or Europe, you know, Europe money? Obviously, we're not going to be built in a, a yeah. season, but maybe in two or three years. Um, do you feel as a Chelsea I don't fan? Feel, I, don't, I don't feel intimidated. intimidated. I feel like, like I said before, I feel like it's it's more of an exciting time for the league because it's going to be more competition. It's going to mean more big games because now, if you if you look at, like, no disrespect, if you look at Man City, Man City versus Newcastle now, New, Man City are going to win nine times out of ten. Whereas in uh, in the future, if you guys pump money in, sign some world class players, Newcastle, Man City, and Newcastle, Chelsea, Newcastle, Liverpool are going to be big games. Like it's going to make the Premier League more exciting. And I'm not as a Chelsea fan. I mean, I'm pretty pretty confident that we're going to keep spending money as long as Abramovich is in charge. So I don't I don't feel threatened by it. But I, I just feel like it's it's definitely a positive for the league. It's going to make the league more exciting. Um, but but yeah, I think I think it's, it's 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 a positive. I mean, what are your thoughts on the whole manager thing? Because they've said that Pochettino is their number one choice. But I mean, is it fair just to throw Bruce out the door? Yeah, that was good for me. I've never seen Bruce show so much passion at a club than yeah, what he showed at us. So, like his day at Villa's, his day at Villa was on Sheffield Wednesday. He's had a lot of good clubs, and he, Bruce is. He's always been known as that manager just just to keep you going and not really get a lot of credit. I agree with a lot of the pundits. In my opinion, give him a chance. Give him give him a year to six months. Give him one transfer window and see who he signs. If they're not any good, then yes, Bennett. But a lot of the fans aren't calling for his head. But I Pochettino is number one because he did a project at Spurs. Like, look, he, he didn't spend any money last season and he got the yeah, Champions League yeah. final. If you give the same man unlimited funds with the team, with the with the fan base in Newcastle, you know you're you're looking at a you're looking at a, a season that would be unforgettable for everybody in the world to see. And um, for me, it's it's very 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 exciting, and I just hope that one day I'm I'm able to see my club lift a trophy. As I say, we haven't lifted a trophy since 1968, yeah. so um, a trophy that's a major trophy, as we would say in football. So. It would be nice to see them even lift the FA Cup, even a Carbrack yeah, or a Carbrack yeah, yeah. Cup. Anything. I'm not. I'm not asking for the league. I'm just asking for see my see my club on a tour on a big bus and going through the city centre of Newcastle. So it would be nice. But um, so bring it back to you and, and Chelsea. What as I say, you probably would have been younger. But I remember I'm not much younger. I'm only a year younger or a year older than you. So 
I'm only 20, you've got 24. Um, so when Mourinho yeah. came in and the famous press conferences, I am this, you know, yeah, a special yeah. one. What was your your sort of expectations? Because obviously Mourinho was coming from Porto, or was it a Porto enter or he was going to have to yeah. win the Champions League? And was then obviously coming to use. So with Abramovich's money and Mourinho, obviously we, we see what Mourinho went on to do yeah. at Chelsea. But what was your first expectation when he when he came through um, the door? Again, I was I was young, but I do I do remember. Um, I just I just remember thinking that when he came and he was he was giving it this giving it large in the press conferences. I just I liked it. I mean, I love his confidence. He's just come from Porto, where he's won the Champions League um, against some massive clubs, and he's come over to England, the, which is the most competitive league in the world, and just said. Uh, I'm not good. I'm I'm the best, and you got you got to admire that that confidence that you had. And I didn't. If you if you say to me, do you think you're going to win the league the same year he joined back to back? I would have been said like no, because we hadn't won the league since 1950 or something. Um, but he came in. He bought these players. I mean, he, he yeah, he spent money. He bought he like bought Petr Cech, bought bought some other players that were like integral to to our team. Like bought Drogba, for example. Um, but I wouldn't have said we're going to win the league straight away, back to back. And then that season we had where um, we won the league and we conceded, I think we conceded 15 goals all season. And like, if you, if you, if you compare that to Liverpool, like Liverpool this season, before it got stopped, were class. Like their defensive record is unbelievable, but they've still conceded like double what we conceded back then. Like it just puts it to perspective how good that Mourinho team was. Um and then to do it again oh, yeah. the year after and retain the title was obviously unbelievable. Then, but then you had the core, like the Chelsea legends. So you had Czech and goal, Terry, Lampard, Makaleli, Drogba. Like that was the spine of the team. Um, <coughs> sorry, and uh, it's just a like that that core of a team is unbelievable. Like you look at the strength with, like through that middle of that team, and then to put on either side, you got like Robin, you got Joe Cole, Damian Duff. Um, Essien, Carvalho uh, uh, through the middle. Uh, it, it, it was just amazing. And um, obviously he then he then left and came back and won the league again. But it's obviously tarnished from, from, from a Chelsea fan. It has tarnished his reputation, the fact he's obviously gone to United, now at Spurs. Um, I don't, like, if you ask me my opinion on Mourinho, he's a Chelsea legend and I love him for Chelsea. But also he's... Oh, yeah. He's he's not the same manager he was when he was at Chelsea. At Chelsea, he was this he was just confident, um, like I'm the special one, giving it large. Whereas nowadays, you look at his interviews and his press conferences, he just looks like he's a bit fed up of it all. I don't know whether that's on purpose or, or if he's, yeah. he's if he's fallen out of love with the game. But he's definitely his his demeanor and his uh, the way he carries himself has definitely changed. And I feel like his attitude towards football has changed personally. Yeah, so like bringing it back to Mourinho, so as you say, I agree with him at Spurs now. He just he doesn't look the same. He does. He hasn't no. aged well, I don't think, and that's probably just a life of a football manager. You're under a lot of stress. But do you think his tactics are outdated? Because when you compare it to the Chelsea team that won back-to-back prems, like they they were as Mourinho was famously known as parking the bus. But I was a Newcastle fan. I've sort of seen that defensive tactic yeah. work. It was Rafa. So obviously dropping back and then moving quick and countering, and obviously when you had players like Lamps, you had you know boys that could pick a pass. You had Drogba who could very you know find the yeah. net from anywhere on the pitch. Do you think now when Mourinho is his tactics are outdated because football now is all about pace, as you can see with Liverpool's front three, 
Um, you see it yeah. with City's front three. You, you see it with near enough every every club's front three. They're all quick. They're all nimble. Do you think Mourinho's... Do you think he's done, basically? Do you think um, that's him? He's, 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 because I think I think a man like that and how he how he came over to Premier League and made that impact in the first place means he clearly has such a high like football IQ like he knows what he's talking about. However, when you mention it, is his tactics outdated? I would say yes because if you look at the game now compared to 14, 15 years ago when he came to the Premier League, the the game has changed so much. Like like you said there, you look at City, you look at Liverpool, who are. Without doubt, miles ahead of everyone else currently. I know Leicester are up there with City currently, but but they're not. City and Liverpool, in terms of football, are the best two teams in the league by a mile. And the way they both play is play out from the back. Both goalkeepers are class with their feet. They then fullbacks. If you look at City's and Liverpool, like Liverpool's fullbacks, Robertson and Trent have got the, the assist yeah. they've got is unbelievable. I- they play so high up the field, um, and then they both got front threes who are lethal. You've got obviously Salah. Mane, Firmino, and then you've got like um, Sterling, Aguero, um, and then whoever City play on the wing when they decide to mix the whole team up because they've got the strength to do that. Like the game has just changed a lot, and I, th- I don't think Mourinho has changed with it. I feel like his tactics. Obviously, he won the league when he came back to Chelsea once, and then uh, we came like eleventh the next year when he got sacked. Um, but. He, I just feel like he hasn't changed. He hasn't gone with the times. He's he kind of stuck in his ways, and maybe his stubbornness is is going to be his downfall at the end of the day. His his kind of reluctancy to change might might be his, his undoing. Yeah, no, I do. I just wanted to get your opinion. As I guess I say, yeah. as a massive Chelsea fan, um, I'm going to bring it back on what you said. As I said, to the spine of the team with the, them, famously, they're probably the five or six players. For me, what for. What what player made you fall in love with with more importantly with Chelsea and then we'll maybe to have a discussion what made you fall in love with football for example but what was your your who's your most famous the most famous person and your best player that's ever watched right, right so my uh, there's two players so it's different so that the best player that I've personally ever seen in a Chelsea shirt is in terms of technically I would say Hazard like when I watched okay. obviously when he moved yeah. to Madrid heartbroken but when I watch him play the only I can all I can compare him obviously he's not on the same level as Messi but he him and Messi are so similar in the way that they've got such low like central gravities they're so quick and he was just so like he made it look so easy he wouldn't even do the thing is you get players like Ronaldo Neymar got all these fancy tricks and stuff Hazard didn't need those tricks all he did was drop a shoulder and because he was so quick he was gone like and he just glided across the pitch, made made everything look so easy. So I'd say technically he is one of the best players. I'd say he's the best player I've seen play for Chelsea. In terms of my favourite, um, it's a tough one. Obviously you've got the lead like legend. Obviously Lampard's in charge now, so he is definitely up there. Um, just the way that he, yeah. like his stats are unbelievable his stats as a midfielder are literally out of this world he was he was getting i think it was four or five seasons back to back he scored 20 goals like that's that's meant for a central midfielder that's absolutely mental this is when i have i have this debate with my mates all the time obviously you have the the gerard lampard skulls debate right and don't get me wrong lampard probably wasn't the best technically out of all those three if anything he was probably third but if you say in terms of effectiveness in game for me, he would be top because he scored the most goals out of all of them. He had the most assists out of all of them. Like, I get Skulls won the most trophies, but that's probably because he was in that Man United team of 
oh seven oh eight oh nine, which was yeah. which was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but Lampard was just he, he was just mad. Um, and obviously you got honourable mentions to JT at the back, absolute soldier, like unbelievable, one of the toughest players I've ever seen. Uh, and then again, pretty obvious, but you've got Drogba up front, who was the biggest big game player I've ever seen. Like he scored in like ten out of eleven cup finals. That's yeah. that's mad. Yeah, no, I definitely yeah. see bringing it back to your or to your Gerard yeah. Scalzi and Lamps. I have always I've had this argument with my friends. So my closest friends would be a Skyser and a United two United fans. I've had the argument with them the whole time. I would pick Lampard over yeah. three of them every day of the week. The, I, this is going to cause a lot of controversy for me. Steven Gerrard is not a Premier League legend. Now you can disagree with that, but for me, you need to be considered to be considered a Premier League legend. You need to have more records. Of obviously need to win the trophy. He can be classified as a European legend, obviously for the Istanbul night alone. But for me, Gerrard scored a lot of important goals for Liverpool. Yes, but not as much as, as Frank Lampard and Scolzi was um, probably a better, my better, better distribution yeah. of the ball than Gerrard. So I, I have always. I've caused a lot of arguments over a lot of me and my friends, but I just wanted to get your verdict on as an England yeah. as an England fan who say you are. What if you were to rank your midfield? Would you say that that's they're, they're the top three to ever grace the English um, shirt? What in terms of central midfielders? Yeah, just the centre midfielders. If you yeah, want, if you want to include Bex as a, a big, would, more of a you've one. got to throw those three in there plus Bex. Like Bex was again, he was mad. The fact that England didn't win a trophy with the team of so, if you were to rattle for it quickly, you've got probably David James in goal, Ashley Cole, John Terry, yeah. Rio Ferdinand, Gary Neville. What a back four that is! And then you've got the four midfielders that you couldn't even squeeze into a midfield three of. Gerard, Lampard, Scholes, Beckham, and then even in that you've got you've got Joe Cole, who was also playing for England a lot of the time, and then you had then you had Rooney and, and Michael Owen up front. Like that team is unbelievable. How we didn't win a trophy is honestly beyond me. Um, but maybe we had too many good players in in the same position. Like you said, Gerard and Lampard never really seemed to work for England. Um, Beckham again was used as a winger, which I don't like. His best positions in the middle, in my opinion. Um, so it just maybe it maybe it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, but if if you wanted me if you wanted to rank the three, like I said, I would personally put Lampard at the top, followed by Skulls, followed by Gerard. Like you said, I don't think I wouldn't say Gerard's not a Premier League legend because he has done a lot. But then maybe he's more of a Liverpool legend than a Premier League legend due to the fact he didn't win the trophies. Yeah, yeah that's exactly why I would never say it because I would never put him down as a Premier League legend because he's never. Won the trophy, but as I say, he'll always be a Liverpool legend because he was a born, born, yeah. born and bred Scouser. So, um, I'm going to bring it back. As I say, I'm going to end the end the podcast later on because I'm actually enjoying this rant. <laughs> I love the football rant. Um, with your, I want you to think now, just to give you a quick your best Chelsea eleven of all time that you've seen live that you've you know of Chelsea have ever played back in the day and the post Abramovich and after Abramovich. I'm just thinking. Just to give you a sort of that, we've yeah, yeah, sort of cool. a brief time. What to I'll think. do is I'll do I'll do the players I've seen play because I feel like obviously before before my time you had class players like Peter Osgood, Bobby Tamlin, those players, but I couldn't really give you a, an accurate representation of how good they are due to not seeing them. But right, so off the top of my head, um, so obviously, very... obviously you've got checking goal, Petr yeah. legend, absolute brick wall, like he was solid. Yeah. Uh, even even after 
the whole thing at Reading where he fractured his skull. Like for a lot of players, that would be game over. Like you wouldn't either mentally you wouldn't want to play in goal again, or you wouldn't be able to because of the the fear of what's happened. Like it wasn't like he just like dislocated a shoulder or something. He literally cracked his skull. Like it's mad. Uh, that was, yeah, that was a life threatening injury. I will never forget that. And then I wasn't, were you I there never, to see it live? Um, but I, I just remember. Watching it on TV because then because then Carlo Cudicini came on, he got knocked out, and then uh, and then John Terry went in goal. Oh yeah, mental. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so obviously right. Petr Cech in goal, Chelsea legend. Um, left back is pretty straightforward. Ashley Cole, uh, in my opinion, the best English left back of all time. Um, just so good, like on the ball going forward defensively, he was solid. He was super quick in his prime. Um, the fact we swap, what was the deal? Did we do Galas for Ashley Cole? That's a mad track. Yeah, like that, that is yeah, some yeah. superb business. Um, so yeah, Ashley Cole at left back, and then you've got JT is a no-brainer. Uh, partner would either be no, nah, it'd be Carvalho. Carvalho was a solid, solid centre half. Yeah. Oh really? So well, I I thought you would have maybe went for Aston Villa. Obviously, now he's obviously the skipper of his now, but. For I me, like I thought he would have got his name in there because he. Okay. Yeah, he's mainly oh, yeah, he's well, mainly he a, a fullback. Oh, he's too fake. He played right back, left back, or centre half. But I'd probably put him a right back. Um, but yeah, Carvalho was a was a was a legend. He was solid as well. So there's the back four um, formation. What we're we gonna play? We can play a four. Let's go over four two three four two three one. Uh, this is gonna be hard because I'm gonna have to leave a couple of midfielders out. Okay. Two defensive midfielders. Oh. When I say you've left it quite tough there. Maybe for a flat four. Maybe a flat four. I've got. Mm. Yeah, right. We're going to go. We're going to go with a four. Yeah, we're going to go four two three run. It's going to be very controversial. Uh, the two holders okay. are going to be. I'm going to right. So just before I say the two, I'm going to no play one. Lampard further forward. So I'm going to play Lampard like in front of these two. So it's not. It's not a four two three one with a number ten. Oh, it's yeah. more of like a triangle in the middle. Like a oh, diamond, man. yeah. So yes, the front, yeah, like the, the holding yes, two yeah. are going to be Makaleli, absolute legend. He was so good. Like yeah. he's like, yeah, he he was he like the, the the back in the day Kante, who is Kante going to? Oh, Kante, I think Kante's got to make the yeah. team. You know. I'm literally about to ask, do you put them two to side? Very similar. So that would similar, be that would be an both... absolute wall. Like you would not get through that. And if I'm, if I'm going to play two, I mean, That'd honorable mentions go to Michael Essien, legend. Uh, he was he was a unit and he oh, was yeah, class. Um, also, yeah. uh, Michael Balak was a fucking class player. Um, who else? Yeah, so those those four are class, but I'll play Kante and Makaleli, which is, again, a brick wall you ain't getting through. Um, so yeah, I'm going to play Lampard just in front of them, and then two wingers. For me, Hazard's going to be no one. one. Yeah, yeah, and then on the other yeah, side, oh, it's <laughs> tough because we've had some good we've had some good wingers. On the other side is going to this might be a bit controversial, you know, but I'm going to go with Robin. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Okay, I didn't expect that. I, I was really thinking, yeah. So would you? Based on that, obviously, because you've saw this to say you've seen these players live. Robin, when you saw him, wouldn't have been the caliber, no. obviously, that he was at Bayern. To see to see that difference, would you have 
would you pick the Chelsea I would probably, Robin? I would probably pick the, you, the Robin for me, evolved to a Bayern. Don't get me wrong. But at Chelsea, he was still class. However, yeah. uh, he was just the only, don't get me wrong, his like cutting on his left foot is just his trait and he was unbelievable at it. The only thing he did that annoyed me when he played for Chelsea was he was just going, he just go, he'd go down too easily. Um, kind of the physicality maybe got too much for him, but technically he was world class. He's, he's a proper, yeah. proper player. Um, and then it's a no-brainer with with Drogba up front. Um, but again, we've had, we've had some good we've had some good strikers. Um, however, none of them have really got near Drogba since just since Drogba left. Obviously, we've had Costa, who was a machine, and I loved him because I loved him because everyone hated him. He's one of those players, one of those players that everyone hated. Yeah, exactly. However, he would get in everyone's team. Yeah, he was a wind-up merchant. I'll never forget. I think yeah. it was against Spurs or Liverpool. Um, and Costa was literally just getting boys into he loves and, it, he loves and a wild state, and I that that would have been one player if I ever became if I was ever a pro. I'm thinking I hate, I hate yeah, yeah, yeah. guy because it's going to get in my head and it's going to and it's going to end up just kicking him in the shin or something. So yeah, I thought that yeah. that is a hell of a team. Um, I'm just going to ask you one question: If as I say, as a Newcastle fan, to take one of them players out as a, and that. That Chelsea team and put it with a replace it with a Newcastle player now excluding the Shearer because I think that was put up in a pretty easy choice. So they take, right. you can take any of them players out, but replace it with one Newcastle. Now you, you can do it with anybody who's ever played with the club, but it's up to yourself. What would you pick? Interesting. Okay, let me have a little think. Um, Newcastle, when I feel like I remember Newcastle being, oh, too fair. Oh, no, I wouldn't replace. I was going to say, an honourable mention to a Newcastle player who I think was class was uh, was Papi Cisse that season he had. Oh, the wonder goal! Two of them. He scored, he scored one with outside of his foot and one on the edge of the box, where he just volleyed it. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, to fair, yeah. another good player who you boys have had. I mean, to fair, Michael Owen was good for you. Yeah. Well, he had his days. Um, I feel like injuries injuries probably ruined his his career personally. Um, who would get in my big, team? Big time, big time. Um, just trying to think. Thought I'd just throw a wee curveball in there because he's not thinking, not, he's not thinking Newcastle players. Um, he's not. Let me just think who you've had. Who? <laughs> to be fair, a good a good player who you boys uh, had was was Juan Aldum. Obviously, went to to Liverpool and he's doing, he's doing good there. Um, yeah. Who? What he replaced? He wouldn't replace Lamps and he wouldn't be able right, to fair, You're the Newcastle fan. Give me some top players. I can't think of the top of my head. Who who would have a chance? For me, I, I was, the first thing I was going to okay. think of would have been Shea Given and Nets. I would, I would have replaced... That would have been probably... For me, I would have been number one. Obviously, I was, I'm, I'm an Irishman. Um, I, he was, he's been my hero yeah, all my yeah. life and I loved him every, every day. So I would have... That would have been me. Would have replaced Czech. I can't... I, Cannot replace Ashley Cole um, because he was an absolute unit and, as yeah. I say, he was bombing up and down the wing for fun. Um, the centre-backs, no. I'd definitely not touch JT. He was and still is a beast. I loved him, even though he did get a lot yeah. of backlash, obviously, for the Wayne scandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of so, yeah. I wouldn't be uh, trying to think, would I replace him? I see, we wouldn't we wouldn't have as no. many famous or as good centre-halves as you. So... And left back would probably be untouchable. Um, 
In regard, I would maybe replace Robin with yeah, Robert Robert. back in the day. I remember um, playing FIFA FIFA 05 and I used to bang in free kicks with Robert. For me, he had, and I will happily, happily have an argument with anyone who disagrees. He has a, one of the best left fits in the world. Other from Messi, I would yeah, say second yeah, best left fit I ever saw. That man was, he was a dead ball specialist. That would probably actually, now I'm looking at your nine. Obviously, I would replace yeah. Shira, but as I said, I've taken Shira out of it. Um, I would probably replace yeah, that's a good shout, so I think I'll go along with that yeah. because Robert was, uh, was a bowler back in the day. Yeah, I was a dead ball specialist. I've, as I say, I've named I don't want my viewers to listen. I've already replaced, done my my top eleven, but yeah, no, it was good to hear yours. And as yeah, I say, it was yeah, just yeah. nice to get a bit of a scandal in there and throw a wee curveball in there. So, but um, yeah, uh, Curtis, I think I'll leave it on that segment. Mate. It's been an absolute honour having you on, and because uh, I say I could have went on longer and longer and longer and had a rant on about football. As the joys of having two good football exactly. fans, you can talk. For, no worries. Thank you very, very much for having me on. It's been uh, it's been a good laugh. No, Curtis, do you want to happy enough plug your channel away? Oh, no worries. Sorry, I mean, you mentioned it a lot you first, at, at the beginning, but yeah, if you want to go check it out, guys, it's called the Reality Check Podcast. Um, episodes coming out at the moment weekly, um, probably end up being every two weeks, but special guests on the show every week from either Reality TV or Sports World. I've got a couple of footballers that I'm speaking to at the moment, kind of keeping that on the down low, but um, that's that's hopefully hopefully coming out soon. So um, <laughs> keep an eye out. Go check it out on YouTube. Um, give it a like. Give it. A, give it a, uh, a subscribe. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on, buddy. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, it's been an absolute Thanks, pleasure, and hopefully we can collab again one Perfect. day, sir. Thanks, it, it was an absolute Cheers, honour. Thank you very much, Curtis. Have a good day. Keep safe, boy.